Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello and welcome back, sports fans. It's Minus Three presented as always by Omaha. Eddie Spaghetti back from his little spring break trip in Florida. Back behind the glass where he belongs in just a moment. We're going to be joined by one of the greats in media right now, Joey Mulinaro. You know him making you laugh on Twitter and Instagram and all the rest of it. Soon, he's going to join us here on the program to talk. I don't know. I'm sure Nick Saban's voice will make an appearance somewhere along the way. I'm sure there will be some movie talk. We always love chopping it up with him about uh, about movies and such. So we'll get into all of that with Mulinaro. In the meantime, we're back from a week hiatus here at the Extra Points Network. Uh, Cousin Sal, generous enough to let us put our feet up while Patrick Mahomes and all of his pals continue to celebrate their world championship. Basketball is back. Hockey is back. The Pitt Panthers are now ranked Eddie Spaghetti. I'm over the moon about that. Justice being served there. The trade deadline, hot and heavy in the NHL so far. Um, a lot of big names moving back and forth here. If you aren't watching Puck, it is our perennial reminder. Now is the time to jump in. We got about, what, 20, 25 games left in the regular season. Then perhaps the best tournament in big-time sports gets underway. The Stanley Cup final, March Madness is nice. So make sure just because football season is over, you stick with us here on Minus 3. We got it all covered for you, including the draft and free agency as we always say, pro football never goes away. It is effectively um, now created a 365 operation that you have to keep your eyes on at all time. Looking forward to that. Meantime, Spaghetti, great news. I'm back in on the Pittsburgh Penguins. They needed to win a couple of games. Well, let's, you can laugh all you want. I'm back in. They won two games, and I'm happy about it. And I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I realize in a world of cynics that it does matter that they have gone to the playoffs 17 straight times. And here's the way I'm looking at it. Here's my big rationalization for everybody out there right now. If you're a fan of any team in the Wales, you are unlikely to get to the Stanley Cup final, even if you're the Boston Bruins, even if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, even if you're Eddie Spaghetti's New York Rags. Statistically, it is unlikely you are going to survive the gauntlet that uh, that you're staring down right now. So fine. So the Pens aren't going to go to the final. I hope they make the playoffs because that streak has his, has historical significance. Okay, maybe it doesn't end in a cup. And if there were no cups in the 17 years, then that would be bad. As it is, there are, seven, there are three cups in there. So I'm perfectly satiated. How say you, though, Eddie Spaghetti, the latest odds – have it that, and it makes no, it's no surprise, Kevin Hench's Boston Bruins lead the way at plus 220, but your rags are plus 300. Second shortest odds in the conference. Does that make sense to you? Does that saddle you with some extra pressure? There's a lot of pressure. I don't like being uh, with, you know, the team with a target on their back. I like them being the underdogs, but I agree with your point. It's like, you know, my narrative I'll be pushing the rest of the year is whoever comes out of the West, bet on them to win the Stanley Cup. I agree putting, with that. Yes. Start placing your bets on the West Conference team. You want to bet on Vegas, who, you know, lost down the, the, the team on Meyer sweepstakes. You want to put a bet on Colorado again, whatever you want to do. Um, I, you know, it just, there's, you know, somebody tweeted the other day, like there's, you know, between the Maple Leafs and the, and the lightning and the Bruins and the devils and the Rangers and the, uh, uh, the hurricanes, like the, out of all those teams, like you're two of them have to lose 
in like the first, like you're going to lose two of those teams right off the bat in the first round. And it just, like you said, it's a gauntlet. They're going to be beating each other up. Um, do I like my Rangers going forward? Of course. So I like the goalie situation. Yeah. You have a Vezina winner. You have a Norris winner. You have the, you know, you arguably after this cane trade happens, we're recording this on a Monday. Um, the cane trade probably will happen Wednesday, right before we record Kevin Hench uh, on Thursday. Like they're going to have arguably the deepest forwards in the entire league. Like, you know, their, their top nine is amazing. And then having like even Barkley Goodrow and Jimmy VC on the, on the fourth line, like that's the, those guys, we've gone second, third liners on some teams. So that's, they're pretty fortunate right now, but it's just, it's just too hard with too many good teams. And this is the year the West won last year. I think the West won again because they're going to have a cakewalk right to the cup. I talk about that all the time, you know, that that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. It's unfortunate that the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers both were juggernauts in the early 90s. Someone was going to lose out before the championship round. I mean, this this bracket, drop us a line is my point, minus three years out there. Um, what is the toughest side of a bracket? you've ever seen in sports. I think this is in the conversation, at least. We talked about it a, a couple of weeks ago, but I want to dig in on this and figure out, is this Wales Conference, call it the East if you wish, but are the eight teams that are going to be in there? I mean, the Bruins are historically great. The Canes are right on their heels there. The Leafs are, this is maybe the best edition of the Leafs, and there have been some good ones since the early 90s. The Lightning are going to be relevant. You know that. They're always a tough out and figure to be in the Devs. Now, la now land Timo Meyer to an already loaded, uh, just in terms of just raw speed and skill, maybe the best of the bunch. I, it, it's going to be a mess. And I, I, as an empath, and you know, that's what I am first and foremost, Eddie Spaghetti. Um, I feel bad for everybody because you have teams, maybe the best addition of multiple teams, the Bruins, the Leafs, the Rags, the Canes. The, those four, those are the best versions we've seen in the last half decade or decade of any of those brands. And only one of them at best is going to get to the even the, the championship round. It's really wild. Anyhow, drop us a line on minus three or at Damashek on social media and let us know what would be the other candidates for toughest side of a bracket. I guess we could do in March Madness, toughest region. Um, in, you know, NFL or NBA or NHL terms, or um, we, we could go conference and in baseball, go toughest league playoff run. I, I mean, I, I there can't be very many out there that stack up with what we're looking at right now. Anyway, um, get your bets in there now. The Leafs at plus 600, they ain't going to get there with the goaltending. You know what? I'm going to stick with the team. Hench made fun of me. I'm going to go with the Canes at plus 360. I think that's the best bet. No offense to you or to uh, to the Bruins having great seasons. But the Canes, I think, are built for this. I know they they lack, they, they could use one more high-end score, but the trade deadline um, hasn't arrived just yet. So maybe they'll land that between now. And uh, when is that? Thursday? It's Friday. It ends on, it's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah, exactly. Friday, Friday. So yeah, we'll have right. a day before the, that with Kevin Hench. But. Okay, we'll continue to keep our eyes on that. And as we get closer and closer to March Madness next week, it's uh, conference tournament week, my favorite uh, uh, week in college basketball. So much to look forward to right now. Let's get to it. Our guy, Joey Mulinara.
Let me squeeze in a quick break here. The thing about Caesar Sportsbook, it's not just an app. It's your key to a whole empire. Hotels, casinos, restaurants, shows, Caesar's Palace. I'm sure you've heard of it. Every bet you place with Caesar Sportsbook brings you closer to perks only Caesars can offer. Hotel stays at iconic destinations, app bonuses, merch, show tickets, and many more Caesars rewards perks. So get started today. Register using code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get your stake back as a bet credit. If you have a gambling problem in Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to Horseshoe, Bossier, City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, which is 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here we go, everybody. A great treat for anyone on social media the last few years. You're familiar with this guy's grand work. Boy, I, I got to say, the impressions, the deeper they go, the more specific they get, the funnier they are, the new boyfriend at this kind of a party. And boy, you really capture all the awkwardness inherent to those moments. And of course, doing all the great voices from the world of sports and beyond. You can check him out. His new pod, just in time for the 2023 NFL Draft. For those about to mock, track that down with 33rd Team. Also, his line of T-shirts from Obvious Shirts. It's the legend of social media and beyond. It's Joey Mulinaro. What's the poop, fella? Jack, good to be here, man. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Uh, Spaghetti, good to see you as well. Yes, I got. I brought out all the stops for you. I'm wearing the Pickettsburg from the Strip District hat. I I, I, I cop this, uh, let's see, summer of 22. I was going to play in Cam Hayward's softball game, and this was $10 in the Strip District, my Pickettsburg hat. But then I got the Kenny Pickett is clutch shirt available, obvious shirts slash Joey. Uh, as we saw, man, we 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 had some game winning drives. I just saw a Steelers writer put his stats in the final five minutes of the last seven game, whatever it was. But hey, Kenny Pickett is clutch, and the numbers are there to prove it, my friend. I'm happy to be here. Well, listen, 
first of all, you're right. Two, I see a conflict upcoming with your colleague over there, 33rd team, Matt Castle, who is unimpressed, he announced, by Kenny Pickett, ranking him behind the likes of Mac Jones and Jacoby Brissett. Come on, Yins. Um, but we'll talk Steelers if we have some time here. I want to kibitz with you about a few other things. So the combine, or more properly pronounced combine, Mm -hmm. is descending upon your town, Indianapolis, Indiana. Also, mm -hmm. the epicenter of sports this past weekend. Yes, you as a PU graduate possess the oak and bucket, but you also possess a zero in the win column against the Indiana Hoosiers this season. How say you? How's that How's that hit you? Well, reminder, I, I am not the one that holds the degree at Purdue. My wife is the one that does. But you root for them. I do. Yes. So um, I do. Yes. But just wanted everybody to make sure, you know, because the people be out there, he didn't go to Purdue. I know. I know. I'm, I, I am very upfront about that. Um, I did get engaged there, however. So it's got to count oh. for something. Uh, rough go. West Lafayette. You got engaged in West Lafayette. It was, a, it was a beautiful spring day. My wife, I was picking her up. We were, you know, just dating at the time. I was picking her up for spring break. And, uh, I had a nice little story to it, right? she was a cheerleader and I used on to your waivers on your way to spring break in Bloomington, Indiana, no doubt. Right. <laughs> a better place. 45 minutes in between right there in Indianapolis. Yeah. We went to a Pacers game. It was a big, you know, she, I, the fact that she was really saying yes is uh surprising on many levels, but one, the fact that our big hurrah after it was, I took her to an Indiana Pacers game. So, um, it's rough. It was, I had a watch party that I was doing, um, mm. in Indianapolis, little, little dive bar in Indianapolis. And, uh, I was just, I had the, 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 the wind completely pulled out of my sails, man. I, I was there and, you know, I had to kind of, you know, put on a face and see people and say, you know, and everything. And I, I left, I, I mean, I left with five minutes ago cause it was over. I knew it was over. I was I was bummed, man. A really, really terrible ending of the Saturday night. I got to be honest with you, but um, you well, know. I'm sorry for you on behalf of all Indiana University graduates. Um, you know, a, a glass half full. You know, little little sunshine for everybody to consider. There, people maybe think I'm too negative, but you know, West Lafayette. Yes, it's a dreadful, awful, irredeemable place. But think about it this way: it must be better than East Lafayette. Right. We don't ever hear about we hear a lot about how West Lafayette is perhaps the Big Ten's worst town. Imagine how bad East Lafayette must be. Right. See, doesn't that make it's, you feel better? This is a good point. And I, I just uh, finished up, you know, right on time there. I finished up with uh, Friday Night Lights, that series. Me and me and the lady were watching that. We got through that, that, that those five seasons pretty quickly. And to your point about East and West. Yeah, I mean. It could be East Lafayette could be a lot like East Dillon, you know, and uh, you don't hear about them too often. It's always going to go back to the Panthers. It's always going to go back to West Lafayette, just like it was always West Dillon. Having a lot of fights of late the last fortnight, for whatever reason, the shows are overlapping, the movies we have to catch up on in time for, for the Oscars, all the rest of it. It's all coming together in a perfect storm. A lot of arguments about like, you better not watch the most recent Last of Us until I'm ready. You know, the back and forth between me and the missus. Is that an ongoing fight for you? 
how any tips on how to negotiate that you also have a youngster less than a year old now muzzle tov um belatedly you. to you in in this public forum here one mm-hmm. that and two i issued uh, on the anniversary a slap shot the other day my 10 best sports movies of all time just real quick because you you do a a, a beautiful job of blending sports and entertainment and everything else give me your yeah. win play show Best sports movies of all time. And and also, I just asked you two questions. Any counsel for newlyweds, new couples out there on how to make a how to balance? I'm going to tell you one thing that I think. I think it's okay to just move straight ahead and watch it all by yourself. And I know that this is uh, this is cause for marital discord in some homes. I, I, I just secretly go and watch it on my own. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's going to change. You know, like you said, thank you. I, I do have a six month old son at home. So that changes our viewing. I know that you have many more, many, many ones, yeah. many more young ones than that. Um, so I'm sure that changes and throws a whole nother wrench in the whole scenario. I can't agree with you on going ahead and watching on your own because for me, and you'll hear my boy screaming upstairs probably right now, but for me, it's a special moment. When you and your partner, you and your wife, you and your you got you you come together and you say, "This is a show that we both have vested interest in." Doesn't happen often, so mm-hmm. I'm not willing to mess that up. As much as I want to go on and, and 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 sneak those extra ones when she falls asleep, and I'm still up a little bit later, I say, you know what? I got to salvage this, take advantage of this while it happens because you know. She kind of likes more pop culture thing. You know, everybody has their different tastes. But for me, it's all about that one where you say, wow, you like this as much as I'm liking this. We got to keep the synergy going. Okay, find in that thread in that needle. I hear you. But she I caught her the other night because here's the issue for me. The practical problem with that. I I would love for that to be the the case under ideal circumstances. However, because I have so many children, as you say, sometimes I get a little sleepy around nine, nine thirty, and I'll conk out on the catch. And then I miss the whole thing. She pressed forward on Friday night and watched two full episodes of slow horses without me. So I think the barn gates are open. The horses slow or otherwise have left. And now I'm free to do whatever I want. And I don't have to answer to her or to you or to anyone else. That's between me and my God going forward. All right. Hey, it's, it's, it's you know, it's kind of like uh, in the National Football League, right? It's like, hey, the refs, they're going to decide early. Are, 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 they, are you letting them hold, right? If, if they swallow the whistle, you know, most of the time they swallow the whistle, don't throw the flag, then you're saying, okay, this is going to be a whole game. Now that that, you're, that your lady has decided we, I am I'm not throwing the flag, then you are free to go, my man. That's a different game. That's a different game. That's right. That's right. Street justice. You see it in the NHL quite a bit. You hit my guy. I'm going to hit you back. I'm going to watch. You're going to watch Slow Horses without me. I'm going to watch everything all at once, whatever the name of the movie is, without you. Now, let's see how you like it. What is Slow Horses? What is that? Is that what it's called, Spaghetti? Slow Horses? It's uh, Gary Gary Oldman on Apple TV. Yeah, it's great, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard good things. Oh, you haven't watched it. See, you're usually ahead of me on all the TV shows. I'm ahead of you on all the movies that came out before 1996. Okay. Uh, So I got one up, uh, a leg up on both of you. Okay. Mulinaro, go ahead. Lay it on us. Your three best sports movies of all time. And do not take this lightly. This is very serious business. And I'll also 
as if you aren't already aware of this, when you start issuing, and I know you love to issue your lists of best beers, what the best, you know, the the best times and places to have beers and so on. People often confuse your rankings with what they want to see in their right. like yeah good right. no no you're you're issuing me what about this one and what about that one hey friend looks like you're well on your way to putting your list together i've just given you mine how say you give me your three win place show well a couple of things I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out and i think this is you know i know this is one reason why I, i've followed you and listened to your show and uh, you've been a consumer of your media well before you even knew who I was, because I was like, you know what? I feel like if there ever was a day that that came to be, I feel like we would be able to we would click on some things like that. So, yes, to your point, when I'm putting out those top fives or whatever it is, and I, I feel like I'm pretty clear. I say my top five day drinking moments, right? I don't know. I don't even indulge it with mine because that, that it, it, it should be assumed that it is mine. If I'm giving it to you, <laughs> I'm not going to take up the characters on social media or anywhere else to, I, I'm not going to waste the precious moments I have here on the big blue marble to announce to you, by the way, asterisk, everybody, this is my opinion on that. I, I don't have the time to bother with that. It's, you should assume that it's my opinion. I, I would agree with you and I do agree with you, but we have all spent plenty of time on Twitter and the greater internet universe. And we know that even if you explicitly say something, slap it in a lot of people's faces, still it's looked upon. This list is garbage. I don't know what you're thinking. Okay. Yes, that's right. And when you do it, here, here's the other thing. It in fact works as a red flag when you announce that you are about to share your truth. If you begin a sentence with honestly, I, I'm going to assume everything after it is dishonest. You know, yeah. there's a funny irony yeah. about that. Anyway. Definitely. All right. Okay. A couple questions to the to the win place show of sports movies. Mm. I'm looking at, honestly, right now, it's pretty cool. Where, where do you, where, Caddyshack, sports movie or just straight comedy or what is that? Sports movie. Sports movie. Let's not over, let's not overthink this. Yes. Okay. Okay. It, okay. it takes place entirely at a golf course. Okay. Outside of the boat scene. Okay. Now that changes some things a little because I didn't know, you know, I know, again, this is something on Twitter. People would be like, well, that's more of a really than this is really. And that's more. Okay. When play show. My God, that's hard. You can throw, you can throw uncut gems in there if you want to. That's true. Yeah. It's a hardcore sports movie. (laughs) A different kind of sports movie. Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm going. So I, I always go with these lists. I try to go the the least, you know, the the third place podium to the first place. Because then other than that, who the hell cares? Um, so my show is going to be Moneyball. Ooh, okay. I like that. Uh, Moneyball, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, phenomenal. Yes, we all know they they left out a major point of that they had Barry Zito, Mark Mulder, Tim Hudson on the mound. And, you know, the, the, there's these things that you would put in there that, OK, it wasn't just all this magic making with the money of the. Yeah, right. OK, but that's not the point of the movie. That's not a point of movies in general. Right. I, I whenever I, I watch that at the start of every baseball season, it's one of those that whenever it's on TV and one of my teams isn't playing. Or I don't have to, you know, go do something that's, you know, domestically obligated. I'm throwing it on. And I'm watching it. Okay, it's a very good movie. The other loophole in that movie is, or 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 manufactured uh, fiction is that the Jonah Hill character doesn't exist in real life, right? There is no. No, he does. But the guy who 
he play, like he, it's just based on him. It's not the same name. It's oh, not the right facts. The guy didn't want any part of it, whatever. But like it, that character does exist. It's just not how Brad Pitt is Billy Bean. I like I like that movie um, because it represents all the stuff that we would never have the ability to know. There is no documentary footage of Billy Bean moving and shaking, working the phones, all the rest of it. I don't know if this other one's going to show up on your list, but Miracle to me is a weird movie to sit around yeah. and watch when we do have the video of the actual players on the ice winning uh, Herb Brooks, all the rest of it, beating the beating the Ruskies, and we, we we could watch it in color and everything. Why would we watch Miracle? I am fascinated by the people. Who? Oh, it's the anniversary of the gold uh, of the win against the USSR in 1980. I'm gonna watch. Uh, I'm gonna watch Miracle with Kurt Russell. Why don't you just watch the game? It's available to you. Watch the real game. That's better than than a bunch of Hollywood mooks pretending that they can do it. Anyway, continue. That's a good point. That's a good point. And now, and see what's interesting because obviously you say sports movies. Now you, I mean. You can do a whole thing on golf. You can do a whole thing on baseball. If you want football, right? Like the, the subgenre is really easy. You could the, dig the, in on that. The, if you the, listen, the, if, you, if you want to create, this is a, this is a safe space for you. If you want to do just three golf movies, if you want to do just three football, we can dig in in future conversations to those other lists. If this is too, you know, constraining no, right. for you to come up with three, so be it. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick Moneyball. Okay. Show. Uh, two. I'm gonna go Happy Gilmore. Whoa. That is the movie of my childhood. It is the movie of my adult. I mean, it, it is still at least once a week. Me and my best friends will send some sort of quote or line or clip um, into that group chat about Happy Gilmore. My dog is named after Happy Gilmore. Um, I have Happy Gilmore line with obvious shirts another plug there you know uh, 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 shooter mcgavin blew a three four stroke lead grizzly adams did have a beard um and in a deeper level that's like one of those uh, like hey i think i kind of want to be like adam sandler one day like you know what i mean like one of those type of movies and then the fact that yes you i mean you still look how it's celebrated check right like every year on the anniversary you got pro golfers rory mcelroy folks like that talking about what an inspiration happy gilmore is i mean shooter mcgavin is still a pretty prominent at least online uh you know prominent uh villain and in, 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 in the pop culture in the zeitgeist. i love it i love that that actor i can't think of his name has leaned into it to the degree yes. that he has that he Absolutely. keeps that he keeps that ball in the air year after year after year i love guys who do that who embrace i just talked on the corolla show last week to see thomas howell he's one of those guys who embraces being pony boy instead of running away from it. 40 no. years later, he still loves uh, to go back, or maybe he he abides by it at least, or he tolerates uh, weirdos like me who love shouting, Wolverines and avenge me and stuff like that at him. He doesn't he doesn't hide from it and and feel like, oh, you know, I've got more going in my life than just those old movies. I I I, I applaud that sort of thing. What's funny about you pick, so let's conflate as you do so well comedy and sports i think very often when you get into an argument about this team is better than that team and that player from 30 years ago is better than that player currently 
a lot of it boils down to the guys you watched in your generation in the sweet spot for you, which I tend to think is about 11 years old. I really do think that that's when the roots sink deep. That's when you embrace the team that you're going to live with for the rest of your life. The players who you are going to compare everybody else to coming up. I think also true with comedies. I find it. People don't generally comedy has a shelf life largely in terms of movies. Um, I declared on Sunday night when um, now I can't think of his name. Is it James Hong? Um, who's in the movie that I just referenced that I can't think of the name of everything all at once um, won, yeah. won an award. And I said, well, he's hysterical in a, in a bit part in the movie, the in-laws, which I declare as the funniest movie of all time. First of all, have you seen the in-laws and two, what is the funniest movie in Joey Molinaro's esteemed opinion? Oof. Uh, I don't funniest think- of all time. I don't think, no, I've not seen the in-laws. My version of the in-laws just based on, the type now nah, that's that's it from reading it's not what it's going to be um have not seen the in-laws would love to add it on there peter fall um, Alan arkin it's a gem character driven comedy not punchline driven as a as a broad sort of assessment of why the movie is super funny man idiosyncratic characters bouncing off of each other hysterical see yeah now with this you know i'm going you know i'm thinking a bunch of different routes when it comes to funniest because i think of you know like i mentioned like the movie caddyshack like to me that's one where it was like one of those first moments with your old man for me where it was like oh you got to see caddyshack let me sit you down and watch caddyshack with you right (laughs) and then like (laughs) right like when they i was old enough to start like getting you know what was going on and i'm watching my dad and like so so that's hilarious but then like in my own life you know you got like the uh the whole apatow uh era Right. Um, I like Caddyshack because it is a it's a throwback to something inexplicable that, like I say, in hindsight, you look at and say, why the hell did they do that? The nude sex scenes. Well, I mean, this is this is a largely a broad comedy. And then all of a sudden um, we we have uh, we have uh, we have a sex scene. Very strange. Very strange, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's one that like, so then on top of it, it only gets funnier the older you get, because to your point, you know, I remember watching with my pops and my grandpa and uncomfortable. And my, right. Right. But then it's like, you know, that it was one of those that like, Oh, this is, this is bigger than just myself of what I think is funny. This is like a bonding moment. And now I fit in and I can tell the jokes with my pops and my, my grandpa and my uncle, because I have seen Caddyshack. Then, like I said, like for me in, in my era and probably spaghetti was probably around the same time, but you know, super bad was a big moment in our, in, in, in my life. Um, you know, in a 40 year old virgin, um, knocked up, uh, all of those, that era of, uh, you know, honestly, I had of happy bit- Gilmore. You can only watch it. Let's say you have to pick a comedy to live with for the rest of your life. That's a good way to sort it. That's not the ultimate way to look at it, but it is one way. Now you get to hold on to this. And for the next five decades, it's the only comedy movie you're ever going to watch. See, now that you put it that way for me, it would remain happy Gilmore uh, mm. because of all those things that I mentioned and the personal tie that it has to my life, my friendships, my growing up, sitting in the 
cafeteria of uh, St. Barnabas Catholic School as a 10-year-old doing the, I want to kiss you all over. And over <laughs> you know what's funny? I go Billy Madison by a hair over Happy Gilmore. Either way, this is exactly what I talk about all the time. Sports, when you think about, I love that game. It was such a magical moment. What you're really talking about is where you were and who you were with and why it sure. is meaningful to you all these years later. That's why movies, why these movies are important. Okay. So Moneyball is show, place, Happy Gilmore, and here we go now. Win from Mulanara, sports movie. I think you're going to hate this, but remember the Titans. Oh, no. Well, can I be honest with you? I say, oh, no, as a cynic. And here's why it's gross that I just did that. Never have seen it. I remember looking at the reviews and thinking like, yeah, we've seen this movie before where the kind of the critics opinions of it. And I was like, well, if that's if that's what people are saying, I guess I don't need to see it. Again, this is right. a, that's a disgrace on me, not on you. You can have that opinion. It's it's Disney, but it's not right. Like like it, it it's under that umbrella and you'll find it under Disney Plus. But. I mean, it's Denzel Washington, for God's sake. Gary Bertier, Julia. I mean, the whole story about it, you don't know because you've never seen it. Then the ending is so happy, but Let sad. Let me guess, they win. They win in the end? Well, Patton, thank you, Eddie. Uh, yes, they win. But then uh, there's a sadness because Gary Bertier passes, you know? Oh. And so, yeah, you have that going on. And I know uh, Ryan Gosling is in it as well. That was a very, you know, fairly early on for him. And he wasn't the star. And, uh, you know, you had him, you had a young Hayden Panettiere. Um, and, and just the emotion of that movie. And, you know, I, 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 I'll be that guy, check, you know, it's like I, I tweeted about it with Friday Night Lights. You know, I, you know, I, I was a very average high school football player. But I, I'm that kind of guy who loved my experience with it and still talk to my teammates and coaches and, you know, those those core memories. And so when I see that kind of, you know, maybe cornball type of stuff, it really hits me in a place that perhaps a cynic like yourself, maybe it doesn't as much, you know? No, no. Uh, listen, don't don't position me that way. I'm sorry. I didn't see the movie. I, I will. Uh, I'll make amends and I'll go and watch it. Um, sooner rather than later. My answer is Hoop Dreams. It's one of the five or 10 best movies, period. No sports, documentary, otherwise. It is just plain and simply um, as captivating a watch as any two hours or thereabouts that you'll ever have. Um, if you haven't seen that, I I demand you go and check that one out. Now, I will say I haven't seen that. So I got the in-laws. I got Hoop Dreams. I got to do. You got to remember the Titans. But I will say another portion of these movies is obviously the soundtrack. If the, if the soundtrack is killer and, and it sticks with you, you know, then that can really make or break, you know? So true. So true. You know, it's a funny little wrinkle that you don't hear anymore. The um, in Eddie Mo- Murphy movies, I think two, is it two Eddie Murphy movies? And they have the Jan Hammer. Dun, 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 dun. No, that's Herbie Hancock. I just did. Do, do, do. That's the Herbie Hancock. Now, wait. The Beverly Hills Cop little jingle that's like techno Jan Hammer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And in Rudy and Hoosiers, dun 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 dun. And it's that soaring music 
that boosts your emotions and and get you to buy in to Indiana movies about youngsters. Same move, same same music. Very strange. You don't hear that. They, John Williams doesn't repurpose the uh, the Evil Empire music in other <laughs> pictures. He doesn't put that into Raiders of the Lost Ark. He, he, you know, after anyway, that's. Uh, that's that's a weird one too, but I agree with you about the soundtrack and what it can do. Spaghetti, very quickly, your uh, your greatest sports movie and a fan of comedy too. Give us your favorite comedy. Uh, I'll do sports first. The my my uh, show will be I can go dodgeball because uh, Joey brought up the the the, the comedy sports movies. That's another Dodge movie was- I've never seen, and I and I and nevertheless wrinkled that's, my nose at it, is- so it stinks. That is that is insane, Jack. That is the one of the weirdest things I've ever heard of. You you not like dodgeball, dodgeball? is so iconic. It, oh my it's, god! It's that uh, the same like, the same way I have to have seen it. The same yeah, absolutely the same really? way when when Joey brought up like when Superbad hit um and and that 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 group of movies like you you mentioned like you know Four Year Old Virgin Wedding Crashers like Hangover like yeah. Dodgeball is a hundred percent part of that where it changed our upbringing and Dodgeball hmm. Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller I mean there's just so many side characters like Rip Torn in that movie is so funny um I would put Dodgeball there if you want to go a more sports movie because people make complain about this I love the replacements with Keanu Reeves like I watch the movie all the time so um my my uh, my place will be Space Jam. Uh, that's a movie that also I watched as a kid a million times Wrong with you. Oh my Space God. It's the best. Jam. Bill Murray in that movie is so damn funny. I've, I've seen that movie pr- pr- North of 25 times. And uh, my, my win is probably pretty obvious. It's going to be Rudy. Rudy is like one of the few movies that'll okay. still get me to like white knuckle the couch and not to cry. I mean, when they said like, these are the greatest sight these eyes have ever seen and um, great move, great soundtrack too. We talk about soundtracks, great soundtrack. My favorite comedy ever. Joey, I don't know if you know this. He's a Notre Dame weirdo from Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'm, I'm a listener, so I, I I know as much, and I follow uh, Eddie, so I know. But um, yeah, I, I, so Indiana kid, no Hoosiers, no Rudy on my list. Hoosiers has always been overhyped to me. I it doesn't, I don't connect with it. Real quick, Spaghetti, before you get to your comedy, Rudy would be on there. It's very, Rudy's in my top five. If we were to win play show, Rudy would have made because that ending with the the the, the absolute bellowing of the music and getting carried off. I still cry, getting teared up talking about it, but that would have made it. Hoosiers, not so much. Sorry. Did that actually happen? That it paces out basically the way the movie represents the the event uh, against Georgia Tech and the sack and all of that. That that's basically what happened is remarkable, but it is dented, in my opinion, by the most moving scene in the movie is when the captain of the team goes in and puts his jersey in. Is like, well, I won't play to Dan Devine. Like, I want to give him my jersey, and this is leadership and all that. Didn't happen. That bums me out. I don't like that 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 they had to inject that into it. But nevertheless, the thing I always say about Hoosiers, and so I have to say again, it's not just that they look like basketball players. All those kids who collectively i don't know ever acted in another movie before or after all the kids on on the hickory team they don't just look like basketball players they they behave like basketball players from the 50s they all have that bob Cousy dribble in front they all have the two-handed set shot it's crazy how i mean we don't hail whoever was the technical director or whatever you call that or the consultant that was involved in in, in those details because it really does push it across the line for me. If they looked like they were from 1987 taking jumpers, it would it would make the movie seem lame. But every detail in terms of basketball 
is spot on the gyms that they play in and everything. That's why I like that movie. I get that it's problematic for a lot of people because it's, you know, because of what Hickory's, I guess the history is a little dark there and, or, you know, compared to the South Bend team being portrayed as the, as the, um, the villains of the movie. I get all that. I'm just talking about the basketball side of it. It's pretty satisfying stuff. Anyway. Yeah, Eddie, your, your comedy. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Spaghetti, so, thank you. You're a better host than I am, Jim. My, uh, my comedy, I kind of, you know, you may find me before, I don't really see a lot of the older movies, but comedies I have been pretty good about, like your, your Airplane, Animal House, Blazing Saddles, all those. I have been pretty good and seen okay, all those Okay, good for movies. you. Not the um, in-laws, though? I have not seen the in-laws. It's Frankly, great. I saw your tweet. I've never even heard of the movie. I know the actor James Hong is. I've never heard of the movie, but I, I will go back and, and give it a watch. But I, I think, and again, going to the point where Joey brought up, it's like it's, there's something about seeing a comedy like when you're at your developing stages and you're like learning what pop culture stuff is. And I think for me, I mean, super bad, obviously was iconic. Hangover was great. I think the movie I can quote the most. And I, I find has the funniest without beating you over the head with is I love you, man, with Paul Rudd and, and, uh, and Jason Siegel. I absolutely love that movie. So it's either that for me or, the other guys with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell, I think in terms, of, in terms of quotable movies and just some insane scenes, like the the whole stretch with The Rock and Samuel Jackson is just insane. Michael Keaton is so damn funny in that movie. So I would I would probably flip a coin between I Love You Man or or the other guys. And, and those, those are great. And I honestly, the more I've thought about it, and the in laws have been making me think more and more about this. But Meet the Parents might be slid in for me ahead of Happy Go. Like that movie. So relatable, the 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 balance of Jack Burns with Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller and the awkwardness it, that is so good, so funny. I uh, big Meet the Parents guy, huge. That's a really good one. I think you know because he's still in the zeitgeist. I think we tend to you know lionize the past to some degree, and I'm not a Hangover guy. The the Hangover I think has funny elements to it i don't think it's for 90 minutes two hours as funny it doesn't belong in the conversation of all-time funniest movies zach galifianakis is hysterical in it um i think the will ferrell movies i think when we get 20 years away from those i think we'll look back and say like that this is uh, he is in the top two or three funniest cinematic performers of all time which is saying something i think steve martin is up there um, I think Will Ferrell is on the very short list of funniest performers. I think we'll look back. I think other guys, I think Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, Anchorman. These these are uh iconic movies that I think will will still resonate in a weird way because they're they're period movies when they're shot. Like Anchorman is not intended to resonate. Uh, you know, it's 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 uh based in the in the late 70s. Anyway, all right. So now we've gotten that out of the way. Another mm-hmm. uh, another bit of hash I'd like to settle with you is I issued on the anniversary of uh, the 43rd anniversary, my 43 greatest sports moments since the U.S. vanquished the USSR um, in Lake Placid. I remember that as a as a wee lad. I remember we this was so long ago. They still did tape delay events. Well, actually, you know what? They still do that with the Olympics. And. It's even more unsatisfying now when we know what happened. But I remember getting out of Hebrew school mm-hmm. and getting into the car with three of my friends, all of whom were named David. That's, this is true. It was a Hebrew school class of 13 kids. And me, 
and uh, Gavsky, Weisberg, and Bender were all named David. And so the teacher started calling us by our Yiddish, or by our Hebrew names, our, our middle or first name. So that's why I'm Velvel. If you ever hear Sal call me Velvel, that's the explanation behind that. Not a terribly fascinating detail about me, but I remember getting into the car. We knew the Soviet Union-USA game had been played. When we got into the car, my mother said, I know the result of the hockey game. They're playing it at 8 o'clock tonight. Do you want to know what happened in it before you watch? And we we debated and we said yes. And she said, Soviet Union 3, USA 4. And all four Jew Davids went wild in the car. <laughs> woo Wow, you chose not to hold out and see. You had to know right there. I was I was a very small child. I was I the willpower was not uh, was was not a a power I had at the time. Um so I went and was accused by people your age of being an old that I was leaning into the past too too much. I go Kirk Gibson's home run in 1988 for the improbability of it. He was on one leg after all against the best closer in the biz, all of that. You know the story. That home run, Jack Nicholas in 1986. When I say that out loud, now I realize why people are accusing me of being an old. A 46-year-old man playing at Augusta, winning against Greg Norman and all the rest of the greats of the time probably doesn't resonate for a 30-year-old guy as much as it did for me. But I do remember watching it sitting on the floor with my old man and saying like, are you, this is wild. Jack Nicholas, his favorite golfer grown, you know, when I was growing up. So watching the golden bear make one last charge was special, but I get that that's in the way back machine for many. What is the greatest sports moment in Joey's opinion in the last 43 years? See, this is where I, I unless it's involving one of my teams, I really don't give a damn. I mean, like, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll be like, hey, okay, like, good, cool, good deal. But I don't really have that, like, emotional, wow, that was historic. I'm watching. Yeah, I guess the closest thing would be I was 14 when the Giants upset the Pats. And, you know, your dad was like, okay, that's monumental. And I know that's right up Spaghetti's wheelhouse, you know, right? But it's like, okay, <laughs> history, the unstoppable Pats. I mean, all the dads at the CIO group are like, I don't know why they're playing this game, blah, 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 blah. blah. And, uh, you know, then they go out there and I'm in the third quarter. I'm saying, these SOBs got a chance. This, this, this really could happen. So I remember that as being like a holy I think cow. That's a, I think that is a great one. And I say it, you know, uh, I, I, as a Steelers guy, it, it definitely had extra weight to it, but any football fan, it's, if it's not your team, it, it's cool. It would be cool to look back and say, we witnessed history of a team, do it, but not that team. We don't, we didn't, we really didn't want to see the Patriots. I talk about this with spaghetti and he laughs at me as does uh, Kevin Hench. When I, when I say this, a dynasty comes with the baggage of at some point, most of sports America will turn against you and start to root against you. You're seeing yep. that happen with the Chiefs in real time. Travis Kelsey is delightful, and yet people are now down on him. I, I I like to make fun of the no one outside this locker room believes in us. You know, Kennard is is the best, but okay, that's not a reason to dislike the Kansas City Chiefs. And Mahomes seems likable, and Andy Reid obviously too, and yet you can feel the worm turning. It's hard to be a likable dynasty, Patriots. Most hated dynasty of all time? Or is it the Yanks? Ooh. 
man, I, I, I think probably Yankees because they have that. I mean, it's just the historical lore, right? I mean, you know, the the Murderers Row and Garrick and Ruth and DiMaggio and the pinstripes and the twin, you know, they have all of that. So then when it was happening already in the 90s into the 2000s, you know, everybody was just like, oh, these guys again, we already hated them from 100 years ago. And now they're still here. I, I mean, the Pats, and that's something that I know, Dave, you, you probably hang your hat on. And, you know, a lot of people that like, you know, the Steelers have been around for 50 years in terms of you know, greatness and dominance and the standard of, of the national football league. Right. So I think even when the Steelers are good, everybody's like, yeah, that's just, that's what they do. They don't, they, you know, they, they, they have three head coaches. They, 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 they bring in guys like, that's just what the Steelers do. And now all of a sudden the pads come about and they do it with a real curmudgeon head coach. And that's they do right. it with the guy, you know, they do it with the guy who ends up, you know, he's dating all these supermodels and like, you know, he's not relatable. Like our buddy Cowherd always likes to say, you know, their uniforms suck. Their uniforms blow. We have multiple the, cheating scandals. You got all that. I was getting to that, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever it is like that would make them. So I still know Yankees just because everybody it's forever. Like you're just born. And unless you're born into Yankees fandom, you know, like, or unless your, your pops didn't have a team or whatever. And you're just like, Oh, I like the Yankees because of Derek Jeter and the pinstripe, whatever. Everybody just, you automatically know as a sports fan. You're like, ah, oh, the Yankees, God, get out of here. Everybody you know, I, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, Spaghetti will be offended by this. But one, it goes back to the 50s when they were able to use the Kansas City Royals like a farm team. They could just take guys off that team and and, and bring them into, into the pinstripes. That was, that was a, an unfair advantage. Just as the Yankees for 20, 25 years just outspent everybody. Now the Dodgers and all these weirdo teams like the, the, even the San Diego Padres have caught up and surpassed them. But for a long time, that was a real thing that you could, they were just buying six and seven starters who would have been, Eyeball. yeah, it, it was oh, ridiculous. <laughs> and in between you had George Steinbrenner, the all time villain who was just a, a, a loathsome character who in a weird way, I now miss but all Reggie Jackson was unlikable. If you weren't a Yankees fan there, that's what it comes down to. It's the figures involved. But the other side of it is, I think you touched on it. The Steelers. This is the thing that upsets people. when I say it, the most likable dynasty of all time. I'll say you <laughs> true. See, How many people hate this? What's the hate about the Steelers? They had the three well, coach thing is cool. The uniforms are cool. The brawn might is right. No fancy jive like the Dallas Cowboys with a star on the side of the hat. We're playing by our own rules. One logo celebrating steel. That's it. I hear you. I hear you. But then, you know, I live in Indianapolis and all my friends and family are Colts fans. And they will tell you without a problem how much they hate the Pittsburgh Steelers and always have. And uh, I think a lot of it is just because, you know, there are certain teams like the Colts that historically the Steelers have absolutely ownership rights over. I mean, they've just completely dominated them. I mean, the last time that the Colts have beaten the Steelers in Indianapolis, uh, I think me and Spaghetti hadn't even hit puberty yet. I mean, it's been that long and they play almost every freaking year, it seems like. So, you know, from their perspective, they're like, these okay. these guys come in, they bring their fans with all the, as they call it here, their piss rags. They bring, they take over our stadium. <laughs> They it's take right. over our town and, and they get it, it's it's all fueled out of jealousy. It's pure, pure jealousy. Piss rags is what they call them. What they call them. 
dude, I don't like it now. I did, dude, I matriculated out in that uh, in the Hoosier State for four years of my life, and now I'm angry about them. I don't yeah. like that whatsoever. Eddie Spaghetti, first of all, um, greatest sports moment. I like that one. I like the Giants interrupting that because it really was. You know, Buster Douglas over Tyson maybe is the most stunning upset of all time, even though nobody knew anything about Buster Douglas, which kind of informed why it felt so improbable. You watched him destroy known um, guys. You, 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 We knew who Spinks was when he got in the rink and he made quick work of him and anybody else who got in his way. So it was like, Buster Douglas, what the hell is that? Who is that guy? And when he knocked him out, but... In a way, the Giants one feels more because we knew the Giants were good, but the Patriots were otherworldly. There was no chance going into that one. I think that's a great choice. Spaghetti, how say you? I know yeah, you're I not going to go with that one. I know. I'm I'm definitely taking uh, that 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 Giants, the first 07 Super Bowl. Like that was Brady, you know, and it, like his like getting collecting his infinity stones like he's that. I was about to take over the NFL for the next X amount of years. The Giants, like the David Tyree's catch, who was like, I mean, at best, he was like the wide receiver five, if not six, mostly a special teamer on that team. Um, and obviously it wasn't the the game winning play. Poxaburst scored a touchdown, but that was the biggest probably the moment just in, in terms of what it meant for the NFL, for them to uh, upend the Patriots uh, kind of changed too, like how you looked at how you built teams. Everyone said, now, well, that's how you beat Tom Brady. You got to, you know, rush the A gaps, got a really good D line. It makes the defense a lot easier to, to manage. Um, so the NFL teams kind of were a copycat off of that. Uh, much like what Joey was saying with, if it's not your team, how much do you really care? And I guess I work in sports. So I am kind of immune to really getting swept up in things, but the few other biggest moments that made me go, wow, this is pretty cool. Obviously the Cubs winning. I remember I was in Bakersfield, with my fiance, she was getting, getting a job. They were interviewing for a job there. I sat in like the hotel room, the edge of the bed going like, wow, this is, this is pretty amazing. Seeing like Theo Epstein hug, like Bill Murray and Eddie Vedder. That was amazing. Then the, the Malcolm Butler interception, that to me, I can't like that is probably the biggest play outside of the Tyree catch where I'm like, this is just insane that like that it ha actually happened. Well, what it what I think those things, the moments, yes, when you disrupt history, like the Patriots going undefeated and and you know, then replacing fully the 72 Dolphins as the greatest team of all time. Not that anybody think that's that's why that's an unsatisfying mark because nobody outside of Larry Zonka probably thinks that that's the best team of all time. And yet they're the only one to go undefeated. And so it's a funny little uh, element in history. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Malcolm Butler one is huge because it derails a would be dynasty and really dents the Brady Belichick um, era. That's why I always say the catch is maybe the most significant play of the Super Bowl era because it launches the 49ers dynasty, which really I can make a very strong case um, helped by people who are deeply involved in pro football history will support what I'm about to say. If they don't win that and then they miss the playoffs like they did the next year, Bill Walsh probably goes into the draft looking to get either John Elway or Dan Marino. He coveted one of both one or both of those guys. He probably moves on from Montana. So that completely changes history. Tuck rule also kind of works like that. But I think the catch 
is the number one in that regard because it ends the Cowboys 70s ownership. It's in 1981 and then launches the Niners as the, you know, in the conversation for greatest dynasty in pro football. So, yes, I think that's a a, a good choice by Malcolm Butler as well. The last one that's not a singular play just in terms of the entire game. Uh, although the, the Cubs game, the Cubs Indians game, that was, uh, or so Guardians now, but a, a phenomenal game. Another game that was amazing. And I guess I kind of have a rooting interest because Big I, Ben's I, tackle on Nick Harper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, all the all, all the all the the it's it's the USC Texas Rose Bowl. Uh, I obviously despise mm-hmm. USC, so I kind of have a, a, an action rhyme with them. But Vince Young, iconic, like so many celebrities on that sideline in that game. It just felt like it just felt bigger than normally, like what a college championship feels like. That game to me, I remember the next day. I actually weirdly liked Texas as a kid as well as Notre Dame. I was wearing a Texas jacket to school the next day. I was like so pumped. I taped the game on a VHS. I loved watching that game over and over again. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. The best game of all time, as I've told you, is earlier that year when they play um, Notre Dame in South Bend. That's the better game. I know people love that Texas one. I, the, the better game was that one in the green and, jerseys. And I'll, absolutely. And now I'll pop back in. The Bush push now deemed illegal by the NFL thanks to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Oh, is that so right? Could now reverse that score. Notre Dame absolutely should have won that game. <laughs> of course. Yes. Let's do that. Let's. Uh, let's that was illegal that. at that time. But yeah, no. I mean, I. I... <laughs> Like like we were saying, I mean, for for the grander scheme of things, it's that. But for personal, then that totally changes, right? You know, for me, it's definitely sure Game Seven of the World Series in 2016, right? But then I think about even like Game Four of the Wild Card Round, uh, or the division. Let's see, no, the Wild Card Round back then, uh, yeah, because it was the Cubs Giants, and it was in San Fran. And it was, hey, here we go. The Cubs are down. They're going to go to game five at Wrigley Field. They're going to have Cueto back on the mound. Like, this is going to be a problem. The Cubs are down four going into three or four. I can't remember off the top of my head going to the top of the ninth. They rally. Never forget where I was watching that game with my pops. They come in, Araldis Chapman, one, two, three, pumps him out. The Cubs move on to the NLCS. That's right. It was divisional round, not wild card. I apologize. Move on to the NLCS to play the Dodgers. That clinching game is up there. A lot of baseball on there for me, but obviously- 98, 98, you might be too young, but when they had the one game playoff in Wrigley, yeah, no, I remember against the Giants. That was a, that was a beauty as well. Not yeah, the, not yeah. the game itself, but the intensity of that. And I remember running up the street trying to get tickets when they forced the one game playoff. Running up Clark Street trying to get in line around Wrigley Field. And by the time we got there, I was at a bar a half block down, and people literally twenty year olds running up Clark Street to try and get in line to get tickets for that one game playoff. It was a, a memorable moment. I didn't get them. I I watched from Yoxies just adjacent to Wrigley. Field there i watched That's the uh, that entire game but yes but and i, I celebrated said, in the streets you mentioned roethlisberger harper that would be up there on mine yes oh six january 15 oh six were you you were at that game weren't you no i wasn't at that game no but i mean i i went to the game i went to was the title game in denver when Palomalu had his greatest performance, that was Roethlisberger's greatest postseason performance, according yep. to Ben Roethlisberger. I asked him what's his greatest uh, postseason game, and he he chose that one. Um, sure. But then, you know, then a few years later, you get the San Antonio catch, which is, uh, you know, should be in, in, I would think, everybody's top 20 or so of the last 40 years, but. Easily a top 10, maybe top, probably top five Super Bowl, honestly, Super Bowl 43. Oh, number one, number one of moment. The two greatest plays in Super Bowl history. People think I'm being a homer. I, all right, maybe I, I, 
it's difficult to debate that the James Harrison hundred yard INT no. and the San Antonio catch are top three. And they both happen in the same game, both for, sure. for one team, a team I root for. That doesn't mean that objectively those those plays don't aren't worthy of consideration. Okay, we're on the Steelers. I've taken up a ton of your time already. I just have one more question for you with you now doing your show for those about to mock. Here yeah. is something I want you to mock. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers uh-huh. can take anyone from their history for the 2023 roster. Who would you like them to take? You got Ken Pickett in the fold, but that doesn't mean you can't upgrade. The question would be then, is it number seven or number 12? Or are there other areas that you wish to address? The world is your oyster, Jens. Man. That is tough. Good on pass rush. Still got some juice in the interior D-line. You know, prime Troy Palomalo is t- is tough to turn down, even with Mink back there, and they play different positions. So I think That's that right. would be a very interesting yin's, you know, a, 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 a yin and yang. A prime Troy Palomalo with a prime Mink offense, Patrick is tough to debate. But this is gonna this is gonna probably rub some the wrong way, and I I don't know if I, I'm I'm torn between Palomalo and what I'm about to say, Merrill Hodge. No. Okay, I'm sorry. I just was guessing. I don't know. Give me, I mean, I think if you put like 2016, 2017 Antonio Brown lined up opposite of George Pickens and you got the young kid, you got got Kenneth back there and he's slinging it. I All think, right. I, hold on. I, I, I think for an offense that we know, 19 points a game, offensive coordinator under a lot of fire. A lot of times you're looking around saying, we are just absolutely sticks in the mud here. People here forget, one, you know what? Here, maybe yeah. here's the way we do it. I like this area. Antonio Brown's not a Hall of Famer, so he qualifies. I mean, I think he will and should get into the Hall of Fame. Oh, you know what? Actually, I don't know if he's going to get in with the residents of Mount Pius controlling the vote. T.O. had to wait two extra years because he wasn't nice in the locker room. So shame the devil. I don't know how long 84 is going to have to wait with his behavior. Um, But it isn't a morality test. It is who was good at football, theoretically. Um, But okay, I could go. If we're going the Hall of Fame, I mean, you can't go wrong with Mean Joe. Put him next to Cam Hayward, and there is dominance um, on the front there. You know what? I don't know how his game would translate in the 21st century, but given his dominance in his era, people bellyache all the time about Devin Bush and otherwise. How about Jack Lambert? Something to talk about. I think Palomalu would be great. I think the correct an- the correct answer is Rod Woodson or Mel Blunt. Shut it down. Let whichever guy you prefer, and both are studs, let either guy dominate one pass catcher, the best pass catcher on the other team, and let's go from there. But if we go non-Hall of Famers, here's a wild card for you. Eric Green, the big tight end. If you drop <laughs> that into that offense, I'd love it. I would love it. I'm, I'm not, I've left the, the Hall of Fame's too easy. We have so many Hall of Famers to celebrate in Pittsburgh. Um, but if we go non-Hall of Famer, I wonder if you go then, 
I mean, the problem is, on the offensive line, Dermonte Dawson and Mike Webster are in the Hall of Fame, but you might want to look at the O-line as well. Yeah, here's two non-Hall of Famers for you, both in the trenches. One, prime Casey Hampton. Wonderful, like that. Get the big snack in there, eating up all the interior. Maybe then a Devin Bush could thrive a little bit more because, you know, he's just coming flying through and, and using his speed to make tackles because the snack is taking up three guys. And then on the other side, how about prime Marquise Pounce, like 2011 Marquise Pouncey or 2013, 2014 David DeCastro? Interesting. I like both of those choices and I got to throw his name out uh, because I'm talking into a microphone and he might hear it. How about two, four, Ike Taylor? Hey, listen, couldn't catch, but he did catch a few <laughs> important ones. But uh, yeah, he was, he was, uh, you know, little at this point has achieved fully underrated status, uh, you know, in terms of the way the average football fan regards how great his career was. Okay. All great stuff. All a lot of fun. Let's wrap it up here with something I, I texted you in advance. I love Mike Tomlinisms. Anybody who watches football, you don't have to like the black and gold. You can be entertained by, captivated by, even amused by, um, if that's the way you want to go. Mike Tomlin and the things he says. I think it would be a fun trick to see how they sound, how they hit the ear. Like you said, movies have good soundtracks and they can really help. Same sort of thing. Mike Tomlin, it's delivered in the voice of Mike Tomlin. Let's hear some Mike Tomlinisms from Nick Saban. Okay. Do you have any specific one? I got the I got the ones you sent over. Is there one you really want? I, I want you to choose. I I I don't want to get in the way of the artiste here. I want I want the artiste to feel comfortable with his favorite ones. How Mike, how how Nick Saban might say if he if he decides to turn. You know, like he wants to go a little more new age. That's the thing. He's an old man now. Like now he wants to seem hip and now, like everybody says, Mike Tomlin, players coach. He wants to be more relatable to the tie guys in the locker room now. So he's going to go take a page from Mike Tomlin. Let's see how that goes. I will say this one and forgive my dog. This, this one, though, I, I, I want to pick out. I think it fits kind of both ways here. I think this is very Saban-esque that came out of Mike Tomlin's mouth. Okay. Okay. Well, if our team doesn't face enough adversity early on in the season, I create it. Nothing builds a team like adversity. All right. Now I added on the I there at the end, but that's, fine. that's quite that's quite a Sabinism coming out of, of Coach T right there. All right. Um, let's see some other ones here. Hunger is a word that I've been analyzing here as of late. It's not hunger that drives me. It's not hunger that needs to drive our football team. All right? Hunger and thirst are things that can be quenched. We have to be a driven group. We have to seek greatness. All right? Hunger and thirst now, that's okay. See, now, now that is definitely Tomlin. Hunger and thirst can be quenched. That is definitely Tomlin. Uh, <laughs> Can you give us, can you give us uh, when, uh, when number eight threw the decisive pass against the Ravens and came back to the sideline, what his head coach said to him when he arrived at the sideline? Do you remember that? Kenny, pick it. <laughs> there's two reasons I come down here every year. All right. There's two reasons I come down here every year, the food and there are multiple guys here every year. That's it. 
I can't believe that's actually a Tomlin one. That I mean, I can believe, but that's <laughs> food. Where's he even talking about? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, listen, great times as always catching up with you. What can you tell us about what you're doing at 33rd team and beyond draft and otherwise, before we get you out of here at long last, I'm sorry, we, 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 no, we've taken no. up a ton of your time. It's always so fun to, to come on with you guys. And, and I really appreciate uh, the, the invite. Uh, yeah. So 33rd team, I had this idea that I based it off that sketch I did a few years ago, uh, make it fun of the guy who just looks at mock drafts all the time. Um, and so I took it to them and they're like, yeah, let's run with it. So it's going to be like an eight part video series, uh, that's going to live on 3013.com, their YouTube channel. You'll see social clips and everything, um, where I'm just going to have different NFL guests on and I'm going to just question them, pepper them with all sorts of mock draft questions, NFL draft questions. And then of course, in uh Damashek flavor at the end, we're going to do a little mocking of our own of some sort of you know, arbitrary, random, fun topic and whatnot. So Chuck Pagano is the first one. He was out, uh, should be out now. Uh, a lot of fun, swell guy. We mocked uh, Indianapolis, downtown Indianapolis restaurants. So for those who are coming to the combine or just, you know, maybe for some hoops action or for the month of May or whatever, you want to tune into that and see that. Uh, but yeah, once a week leading up to the NFL draft, going to be doing that and uh, just having a lot of fun with it, man. Excellent. Um, yeah. Speaking of mock draft, think about this. I wrote this down this morning because I because the kids, as I was picking up, they they went to school and um, I picked up. They left the cereal bowl with uh, with the milk and the cereal still in it. And like it was four minutes after they they left it. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a terrible smell, as it always is. That milk with the cereal still in it. Now, mm-hmm. residual cereal milk like Apple Jacks you know, the, the, what's left behind that pink milk is delicious, but I'm talking about when the cereal's still in there. Yeah. It stinks. Number two on my list is uh worst foods four minutes after you walk away from them smell French fries with ketchup. They're, they're delectable in the moment. But I mean, if you go away from for a couple of se- like the stench is gross. Real soggy. Round it out for me. Worst smelling food four minutes after you end your meal. Anything with blue cheese crumbles. It's a good one. Yeah. I don't even really know how people do that in general, but I like them, but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> and then if you're going to walk away from them and come back, you're like, Ooh, do I, are you sure that I want to do this? Yeah. Um, good call. Good call. No, I, I, you, you know, anything with the soggy, you know, so I, I'm trying to I'm, now it's not so much about smell. I'm trying to say that with the smell, because I was I would think like if it's like kind of like pretty cold, almost like the the the, the hot, melty nacho cheese has has formed and it kind of it's kind of frozen over into a thicker, cold cheese on top mm-hmm. of nachos. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's like a hot roast beef with the gravy on it at the diner. That yeah. one stinks bad too. Like when it gets congealed a little bit on the top, that can get gross. And usually what comes with those nachos is like they have like sliced onions and like pico de gallo yes. in there too. Yeah. So then you add that mix of the no. I got a good one. Wings. You said blue cheese. Wings and blue cheese. If you walk away from those, you could be all about them. 
one minute and the next minute when it turns in your brain, like I've had enough wings for now and you push the plate aside and you walk back, I'm going to go to the bathroom and you come back to the table and they're still sitting there and you smell them. There, there's something nauseating about that. Yeah. I think that's uh what about, what about hot dogs? If you've had like, you know, it's the summertime the grill's going at first it's like, Oh, wow. We're grilling out. Maybe by a pool, maybe at a ball game, you stuff down a dog or two. Then by the time Ooh. you're halfway through that second one, at the ballpark, it doesn't even have to begin. Is when you're at the ballpark and you go and and like it's a hot day and you're you're sweating everything and you're drinking too many beer. By the way, beer when it turns at the hot ballpark and you go in and it's the big one like the sixteen ouncer that you paid uh, fifteen dollars for, and you feel obliged to finish it because no. you spent fifteen dollars on it. But that last sip is a struggle. That hot last, it smells bad. It tastes bad. Its texture is gross, but you push it down because you're cheap. Or at least that maybe that maybe I'm describing myself with that. But also when you go up on a hot day at the ballpark and if you're in the sun when you're doing it, like eat when you're holding the hot dog in your hand on a hot day. And if you have relish or onions on it, the hot dog can get gross on you real fast. Yeah, there's that nothing or ain't your friend anymore. That's a great call about the beer because there's nothing worse than you said the smell. There's nothing worse than the taste. But just when it gets in, just in your mouth, it's sitting there, and you don't want to have to put it down. But you don't want to get made fun of your friend, made fun of by your friends. You know, you don't you want to waste the money. You're right. Nothing worse. Listen, nothing better though than talking to Joey Mulinaro. Great stuff with Chuck Pagano. From what I've seen already of it, it's an entertaining project. Look forward to following that. As I always say. Thanks for being one of the few people who actually doesn't take sports so seriously that it fails to be fun anymore. Uh, keep up the great work um, with just that, but also the most important sport of all, the game of life. Your coverage of that with your impressions of people at parties <laughs> and everything else. Get on him on Instagram and Twitter and all the rest of it. You'll uh, you'll be happy if there's a chance on uh, here in reality that you aren't already aware of Joey Molinaro's great work. Fix that ASAP. He's going to go and watch the in-laws to to uh, complete the circle on this side. Hey, thanks, Pally. Appreciate you guys. Talk soon, all right? There he goes, everybody. And now a quick break. What do you think, Spaghetti? Another, um, you know, successful visit with our pal Joe. Joey's great. I love that he's a hardcore listener. I mean, I, I we follow each other, watch all his stuff. He's he's one of the funniest people on the internet, and we get him on the show quite frequently, which is awesome. And uh, my favorite point by him, though, he's just so right about the certain movies that you know people our age grew up with and how they stick with you. And like you know, our old school uh, movies, like I mentioned, the airplanes and the animal houses. That's what we have with like the hangovers and, and super bad. So he was uh, spot on with that. Yeah, I uh, like I say, a powerhouse um, performance from him. Good stuff from you, Eddie Spaghetti. We'll be back in a few days with Kevin Hench to chop it up with him, get his opinions on what's going down in the world of sports. Meantime, make sure you're checking out everything on the Extra Points Network. And for Joey Molinaro, Eddie Spaghetti, and everybody from Extra Points, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>